Hello everyone, Steven here. You'll notice this week at about the 18 minute mark, uh, my audio gets a little bit worse, the audacity crapped out, so I switched out the Skype backup audio track. Steve assures me it sounds fine, but these kind of things bother me, so I thought you'd let you know in case you notice something weird at 18 minutes. Now, on with the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. This is episode number 182 for the week of April 12th, 2021 for patrons. Coming out live, pre-recorded, April 14th, 2021 for everyone else. Uh, it's a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada, the people who create them. My name is Steven, one of your co-hosts, spelled with a PH and an A. So you'd think it's Stefan, but it's not. Joining me, of course, the other main dude, Steven, spelled P-H-E, say Steve, and it's fine. <laughs> Yo, what up? Steve, you bought a house. I did. We did. That's awesome. Technically not just me. It was a team effort. Yeah, it was a team crane team crane effort. Team crane bought a house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well it's not uh it's on us. We can still bounce as of mm. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We're going one more time today to with because uh, it needs a furnace. Like a upgrade and stuff. So we're going today with a furnace person to mm-hmm. just like get his take on it. But we have a quote for like how much it's gonna cost to replace and stuff and Ninety nine point nine percent sure we're we're taking it. And, I love that for you. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. This the the people that live there too are super nerdy. There's like they have all this video game stuff they have above their fireplace. They have like custom Pokemon cards of their kids. So it's like the three kids. Oh my that are made god! Like Pokemon cards. So Heather and I were just like, do we like this house or do we just love the people in the house and like how they put it together and stuff? Because there's a lot of cool shit. They have like downstairs. It's like a DDR like like room set up like there's no couch in front of the tv they just have the ddr boards on the ground and stuff it's pretty sweet um but yeah we're, we're pretty excited we, we won't go there until july though so we still you know still mm-hmm. live with with the uh, mama crane for at least a little bit god bless mama crane yeah big big step for team steve so if you want to help steve in all his endeavors and me and my not being homeless you can support canadiandevs.com over on patreon.com slash devs. you can back us there to get early access to the podcast uh discord perks game key giveaways every month discount for canadian gaming events shout outs at the end of the episode and at our highest tier at a credit or er, no credit to patrons what i called the people whose name i say at the end i don't know what i called the highest tier but we'll plug whatever you want uh within reason uh on the every episode of the podcast for as long as you're one of our bestest friends besto friendo uh like Mr. Eric Beer over at thebotbook.com, thebotbook.com. Thank you so much for your support, Eric. And if you would like to sponsor Game Slice 2021, an all-digital gaming event, usually takes place in London, Ontario, but now that it's online, you can join from everywhere. You should get in contact with Eric, whether you want to be a sponsor, be a attendee, or show off your game. Check the that out. The top one is called Promotion Plus Merch. Oh, that's kind of lame. I should come up with better names. <laughs> you have a supporter for the lowest one. I should say mm-hmm. we, like, but accredited patron mm-hmm. for like the seven dollar one, which is the which is the crux. That's where you get like the most bang for your buck. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then something physical, which I think is the sticker, and then promotion plus merch, which is the t shirt and sticker, mm, and, and and and, and plugin uh, and, and everything plug-in. else. Yeah, and our love. And our love. There's lots of ways to support us. So if you want to do that, patreon.com slash devs. Mm-hmm. Also at the top of the show notes, of course, I'm putting all the ways you can support the indigenous movements across this land. Uh, land back land in Ontario, the Wet'suwet'en in BC, and the Mi'kmaq in Nova Scotia are where we're directing people to 
donate, give their support if possible. Or if you want to check out some indigenous games, then you want to support uh, indigenous creators through their art. Night of the Indigenous Devs, YouTube link in the show notes. Buy some games by indigenous creators. Or check them out if they're, I think some of them might be on different services. <sighs> All right, Steve. It's been two weeks since we last recorded. We had uh, an off week where we just delayed the podcast a week because we couldn't record one. So there's a lot to catch up on for news. But at the top of the show where we shuffle <coughs> the papers, I got rid of the official paper shuffle sound effect I had, and I just used that one you did. with like. There's three nice thuds. You can clearly hear a paper on a desk, and I like oh, it. Really? So oh, we're nice. going to stick with that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, one of those papers is Jobs. Loads, loads of studios hiring all across Canada and remotely. Uh, first up in Toronto, Sago Mini is looking for a data engineer, senior Unity game dev, senior Unity dev, Unity game dev, talent acquisition manager, play designer for mobile games, and a Unity game dev internship and Unity technical artist internship. Both those internships are paid as all internships should be. Also in Toronto, Dark Slope is looking for a lead Unreal Engine for game developers, multiple lead Unreal Engine for game devs. Out on the west coast of Vancouver, we got a lead game programmer at PopReach, senior Unity game designer, user acquisition manager, and DevOps engineer all at PopReach. And remotely, Bitwise Alchemy is looking for a senior engineer. All of these jobs, potential gainful employment for you and yours in the show notes and on the site, canadiandevs.com slash jobs. And two events. Steve, you're going to be attending Unity Club this week, correct? Uh, yeah, when is that? Oh, that's tomorrow. Tomorrow, so patrons, if you're listening, still time to check it out, 6.30 p.m. Uh, everyone else, it's the f- usually second or first Monday of every month. Uh, have a Unity project or many you're working through right now. Hang and chat with pals on challenges, techniques, and learning paths. Um, so Steve's dipping his toe into the Unity world. Uh, you want to take something to show off, or are you just going to go see what other people are doing? I'm just, I think I'm just going to scope it out or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what they do. I'm, I'll be happy to kind of talk about the meeting next time. Um, I'm just praying into our little family calendar here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't really, I won't, I don't have anything to show. So there's that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's just going to be for me, just a chance to like talk to people who know what they're doing and, and just see what other people are doing and, and whatnot and just see how this goes. So I'll be happy to talk about it next time with the DMG. So Dames Wing Games, shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, coming up at the end of the month, a post-secondary Valorant tournament hosted by Red Bull Canada, uh, Saturday, April 24th. If you like Valorant and you want to maybe make some money, buy some textbooks or other things uh, students tend to buy other than textbooks, you should check out this tournament. <sighs> if anyone has any events they want to plug, send them to us. We want to talk about your events. All right, Steve, we shuffled the paperwork. Let me make a note of when I shuffled the paperwork. <laughs> and now it's time for the news. We got two weeks of news to jump through here. I want to. I want to be efficient with this. I've been keeping all these episodes, Steve. I don't know if you've noticed between like fifty-five and a, an hour five. Mm-hmm. We've been like consistent the past like ten or fifteen. It's been really good. So I think an hour of someone's time a week to keep up on all the Canadian gaming news and events and jobs. That's that's efficient. You know? I like I like the hour long podcast. Mm-hmm. I, like I want to create value for people. You know. Yeah. First bit of news: Dauntless developed over on the west coast of vancouver getting a big update and an update to their roadmap steve you're more on the dauntless scene than me you want to talk to me about this i actually haven't jumped into dauntless in about a month or so but Mm -hmm. they're just about they're doing some bounces um and kind of setting up some new monsters and and stuff in the future um but they changed like trials which was like the old sort of 
I guess, quote-unquote campaign. And mm-hmm. then they've added, like, different ways to hunt monsters since then. Um, so they're kind of changing that. And the one thing... I think this has been true for a little bit, but they, they're at, so now there's a new battle pass. And when I was playing, when I played the heaviest, if you bought the battle pass and you completed it, you didn't have enough to buy the next battle pass, which was probably my biggest complaint. Uh, mm. They've now that's now like fixed or whatever. So if you do complete the battle pass, you will have enough to buy the next battle pass. Um, but yeah, it's this just like pretty their standard. Next, yeah, like chain, so kind of like chain oh, smoking battle passes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, they've added like and some balances to the Warpex, which is one of the weapons. So I haven't jumped in about a month. I wanted, I always, I see it on my Switch all the time, and then I'm, I'm like, I go to play it, and then Sophia sees the Switch, and it's just like, okay, it's Animal Crossing time. <laughs> um, but yeah, coming in May is when we're going to see like some new behemoths and and uh, new hunting ground and stuff like that. So that that'll be good. But yeah, 1.6, I figure, is worthy of posting. Dauntless going strong. Uh, yeah. A free to play uh more i don't know if social is the right word more i don't know i would say accessible version of like the monster hunter formula yeah monster um, hunter is very like rigged and apparently rise is pretty smooth and stuff but like it's very uh, i don't know the term like i think people would use is like hardcore which is stupid but it's just very like structured i guess there's a higher barrier to entry yeah and it's not as like easy pick up and play but dauntless especially with the new update about a month and a half ago was like you could just go into the world and then they would just spawn monsters so as you killed them then the next one would just spawn and so it it reduced the amount of like kind of back and forth and loading and stuff and it was awesome because you would just go with your crew kill monster and then in that same world like you would then kind of um scavenge for like stuff like materials and stuff and then you can just go to the next one without having to like load in and out of the map that was that's like sick and so i think that's what they're going to try to fix with trials but um we'll see i haven't actually tried it out so i'm interested and i guess they like yeah um so i like dauntless as a barrier to entry for like the series like for that kind of like kind of of game it's like Mm -hmm. and there's definitely a lot more content in it now than when i like first played it like the most of it which was like around launch so yeah we streamed it i enjoyed it i don't think i liked it as much as i like hanging out with people and playing games you know what i mean mm-hmm. but that's okay Do i always remember own. when we were streaming and we just every match just was like five-year-old kids playing with us hey it's free to play and it's on switch so we're gonna get five-year-olds i know it feels weird i just don't feel right as a 35 year old 34 year old man i'm just like i shouldn't be playing i shouldn't be listening to 12 year olds mm-hmm. talk to me about a video game <laughs> it just doesn't feel right <laughs> Uh, in other news, CD Projekt Red has acquired Vancouver game studio Digital Scapes. Uh, they've been working closely together for a while. Digital Scapes um, doing a lot of help on Cyberpunk 2077. Of course, CD Projekt Red's latest release in 2020. Now I've officially joined them as CD Projekt Red Vancouver. So as I understand it, they acquired the team uh, and are moving everyone into a much bigger office in Vancouver and are hiring up. So... When you have the most successful PC launch of all time in Cyberpunk 2077, you scale up. And that appears to be what really? they're doing. Yeah, it was the most successful launch of any PC game in history. Oh my god. It beat out... What was before? Like StarCraft 2 or... Oh, jeez, I don't know. I think it was... It Diablo. might have still been missed or... What? Most I thought Diablo... Successful. I feel like it was a Blizzard game like Diablo 3 or, or uh, StarCraft or whatever. I remember because they specifically in their... Um... All right, here you go. So... Uh, as of when was this article on Tech Radar? 
uh, December 11th, Cyberpunk 2077 has become the most successful PC launch game of all time. Prior to 2077, it was World of Warcraft Shadowlands, which broke records when it released in late November and sold 3.7 million copies. So that was also last year. So oh. they broke this record and then broke it again. Uh, they sold 8 million copies as of that writing on December 11th, 4.72 million copies on PC alone in pre-orders. So that doesn't count everyone who bought it on the day of. So they beat the previous record for the launch just in pre-orders. Turns out Cyberpunk 2077 was a really big game. If you didn't pay attention to games for a while. Can you, you still can't buy it. eh? Yeah. On PS4. On PS4. No, it's busted. Yeah. You just can't. Anywho. Vancouver studio head uh, Marcin Chady said, quote, we are very excited to join a studio that forges incredibly engaging, vastly scoped, tactful choice of words there, experiences such as the Witcher trilogy and Cyberpunk 2077. Our contribution in the area of gameplay and technology can make them even more captivating. Being a Polish Canadian, I take great satisfaction in building bridges between the Canadian and Polish game dev industries. It's a great opportunity for Canadian developers to get involved. There you go. Nice. Um, get that, get that CD Projekt Red money. They got a lot of it. Yeah. Night Squad Two, Steve, is coming out this <laughs> month on Switch, Xbox, and PC. Chain Awesome, of course, Quebec-based developer behind the 2015 first game, Night Squad. Uh, Night Squad is an eight-player arcade multiplayer game. Play as knights and fight each other with quote-unquote wacky weaponry. The game will also feature cross-platform multiplayer. Big key. Mm-hmm. We featured it previously on a wish list. This. And we've been covering it a bit up until launch. We have codes, so we should check it out. Steve, you and I should play it. Maybe we should stream it. Maybe that become like the annual. Steve and I actually get a find a time to stream together. We did Dauntless. Maybe the next one will be Night Squad too. I would. I yeah. It just it takes planning on my end. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. We we somehow managed to do this podcast, so I think we could play some Night Squad too. Mm-hmm. I didn't play Night Squad one. Uh, I did Neither get I. to check it out on Switch last year. Uh, they sent us code to check it out. I only had two people to play with. I feel like it is definitely a game that benefits from like the full eight, but I liked it. I like goofy elbow your person next to you on the couch, arcadey action games. Yeah. And I think I saw too, that you can have, you can have a combination. You can have like three people like local and then the rest are like online too, which is that's kind of uh, cool, which is pretty neat. And then it's all cross play too, man. Technology. Yeah. Technology is <laughs> impressive. Nice. squad too. Get excited. Titanfall, Steve, game very near and dear to my heart, might, might not be dead. Uh, (laughs) Newly minted Respawn Vancouver, who's been hard at work on Apex Legends since Season 7, said in a recent interview with Dexerto, which I've never heard of, quote, next season, Season 9, you're actually going to see a ton of Titanfall coming back into the game in one way or another. I've told some people before, if you're a Titanfall fan, hang on for Season 7, sorry, 9, because there's going to be some really cool stuff there. That's Chad Grenier, the game director on Apex Legends. I'm excited, Steve. I love Titanfall. And for everyone who played Titanfall 1, a lot, I played so much Titanfall 1 and then a whole bunch of Titanfall 2, and then downloading apex that first day and playing i'm like oh it's titanfall but with none of the parkour or jumping or titans and just the same guns and it's a battle royale and i stuck with it and still really enjoyed it but if we can inject some of that titanfall beauty back into this game maybe maybe wean some players who just downloaded apex and not titanfall over to the titanfall ethos 
I think that would be a good thing. So what do you think it would be? Because it won't be parkour stuff, right? No. Like, that would be crazy. Even Titan, but, like, do you think it'd be a map that can have Titans on it? I don't know if they'll add Titans, because, like, Titan, you have to design levels. Like, anyone who played 1 and 2, every one of those maps was so crucially designed for kind of two levels of play. There's, like, buildings with pilots running around in them, and then big lanes where the Titans would move through. And I just, don't, unless they're doing a new map specifically designed to balance that Titan pilot action, my friend, uh, Nick, who you'd know from the stream, said, what if they just do, like, one of the new heroes, their, like, ultimate ability is they call on a Titan for, like, 20 seconds, and you can mess people up. And it obviously can't be as overpowered as the Titans are in Titanfall. Like, maybe it's, like, a Junker Titan. Like, it's, like, its legs messed up. or like Because the, all these characters in Apex are super, like scrappy reject expendables vibes what if it's like that like scrappy junker titan you get to call in and that's how they work it in Mm. Mm. i like that i like that theory and i would be down for that that would be the only legend i play honestly when i was writing this i was just like imagine if it's just like a gun that hasn't appeared in the apex legends yet (laughs) like it's just a titanfall like the titanfall pistol or something like that that just hasn't appeared yet or chad said quote a ton of titanfall so i'm gonna hold chad to that i would define a ton as like a character and story content from the game or titans obviously or or a couple or a handful of mechanics that got stripped out for apex coming back that's how i would define a ton i wonder if people are still playing titanfall one on xbox that's a great question i wouldn't mind jumping back in I love Titanfall 1. They did leveling up so weird. Like you got you got to the max level when you would like prestige in another game and you had to com- you had to complete a certain number of challenges that forced you to play with different guns and titans every time. Mm-hmm. And I got stuck on Gen 6. I just you need to get certain uh it's like the bolt titan rifle and I just am not accurate so I just couldn't do it and I got stuck there and gave up. But did try again? Did try again good? I have considered that in the past and ultimately <laughs> decided not to. But uh I always love those memes now, like on TikTok, where it shows the two bodyguards in the front of the car and then the little girl in the back from Rush Hour singing. And it always shows, it's basically like the two bodyguards are the people who have all the damage. It's like 2,000 damage and like three kills. And then the person sitting in the back has like 100 damage, <laughs> but like 10 kills or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that, that's, that's me usually when I play with my friends. <laughs> yeah, me too. The one, the last time I won, I was definitely carried. Um, I think I was even dead when they won too. So that's awesome. I love that. Always a good feeling. Steve, let me tell you about Mongoose Rodeo. Uh, newly minted. I used that twice in one episode. I'm sorry. I like the phrase "newly minted." Uh, indie game studio. Oh. Uh, one of which based uh, in London, Ontario. Last I talked, but their Twitter is Toronto, so they might have moved over. Uh, it's a two-person team, I believe. Um, I interviewed one of the developers when they released their game Unworthy back in 2017, which was pitched as a Metroidvania Souls-like without jumping. And if that premise interests you at all, check out the game. Don't know anything else about it. Or go in without knowing anything else, because it's good. I like it. Their new game, uh, they're announcing a pre-Kickstarter trailer. So it's a little uh, 42-second teaser that, if I had to describe the aesthetic, it's that, like, Bloodborne. It's a so it's a two D um, action platformer. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be just as brutal as their other work, um, but it looks like it's it's like straight up like the Dark Souls font at the end. Uh, yeah. But the vibe is almost like the soft, soft hues of Hollow Knight with the 
gross slashing Victoria Victorian bloodborne aesthetic. Yeah. And your guy your guy's got a top hat and uh yeah, he I uses just, his like cape to like poof him up like Mario's cape to like get an extra jump, which I, I bet that's a reference. But yeah, I'm 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 very interested. What do you think of this teaser? I just retweeted it on Twitter, but yeah, you can go to Mongoose Rodeo on Twitter. Um and yeah, the the battling looks super cool and smooth, like when he's firing all those bullets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Looks like there's some sort of dash like attack thing. Um, this looks this looks pretty sweet. They, uh, okay, so their Kickstarter says London, Canada. So I think one of them's in Toronto, one of them's in London, but I have not verified that. And they already have 450 followers, so that's a bunch. Like even if 10 of those people are there day one with like thirty dollars, it's it's a solid start. I don't know how much they're asking for. It's Kickstarter started this new thing. I think last year, or the year before. Where you do a pre-Kickstarter, so people sign up to get an email as soon as the Kickstarter goes live, because it's that first day and that last day that are make or break for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, they pitch it as quote a dark and mysterious action-packed Metroidvania in which you explore a grim fantasy world inhabited by men and monsters alike. I like it. Me Looks too. Sick. Steve, I know what you also like though. You like some Street Rage Four. Mm-hmm. Would you care? For some more Streets of Rage 4, potentially in the form of downloadable content coming soon? Uh, no. No, I, no. I, yeah, I would. <laughs> okay. Uh, three new playable characters <laughs> in a special survival game mode. This is a paid DLC. But there was also a free update coming with additional content. The new characters are... Um, wait. This new Streets of Rage 4 Mr. X Nightmare DLC also includes new music from T. Lopes, who's done work on Monster Boy, League of Legends, and Sonic Mania. That's cool. Yeah, Mr. X is the is the bad guy from the th- first three. Ah, gotcha. And then Streets Rage 4 is like his, twi- his twin kids or whatever. Huh. You, you keep it in the family, you know what I mean? The time has come to return to Oak City. Wood Oak City. This sounds uh, pretty sweet. Yeah. Streets of Rage 4 is like such a oh man. It was it was a good game. I gotta play I wanna play more of it. Also the logo of him like having a fit swordfish as a weapon is like pretty <laughs> pretty sweet. Um I've downloaded it a couple times, like re-download or whatever, um, to like replay it because I, I keep wanting to step back in. I really should just kind of but I'll cop this day one for sure. You got the physical edition too, right? Or or we were looking at it? No, I did get it because that started the whole Sega Genesis thing before yes. I really looked into like Streets of Rage 3 being like $250. Um, so I have the physical edition on Switch. I dabble, I just kind of plopped it in one time on Xbox via Game Pass, and then I got we got a code on PS4. So I, mm-hmm. I have this on all three systems. And but I'll get I'll get the DLC on PS4. Also <laughs> should mention the Canadian angle is co-developed um, yes. in Quebec. And then uh, the other studio is in um, Paris for France somewhere? So I think Paris. And then they're the one, they're also teaming up with the Tribute Games to do the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games. Whoa. It's a small world, Steve. So Dotemu or Dotum, D O T E M U? Yes. I don't know. Um, they're kind of banking in on some of these like classic, uh, classic beat em ups. I wouldn't be surprised if they do like maybe a Fatal or what was that one? Fatal. Final fight or what was it? Final. It was like an SNES. Is this coming back, Steve? Is this final? Genre final fight was like an SNES beat 'em up. So I went from Capcom. So I won't be surprised if maybe that one kind of comes back at some point. I mean, Capcom's open to other teams because they let Sonic Mania 
And we already have the composer from Sonic Mania working on this, so there's probably an in there. Sonic Mania is Sega. Oh, I'm a dummy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Has Capcom um, done any letting other people touch their stuff? I don't, I don't know. They've definitely the head. they've been definitely been going back to the well because they they have the Resident Evil, uh, mm-hmm. um, the Resident Evil like re uh, re what the hell am I trying to say remakes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like all their big big nuts in the last couple of years, like Monster Hunter World and Resident Evil and um, Street Fighters and stuff, have all still been done kind of internally by them. So I don't know if they're kind of dabbling let's see list of capcom games let's do a quick look i don't know that's just an assumption i wouldn't be surprised though if if maybe either capcom does it or whatever just because the beat-em-up genre is kind of and plus the the scott pilgrim game got re-released mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. so good time to be a uh beat-em-up fan but yeah i'll do this dlc day one without a doubt you know what i've decided i'm gonna do steve what's up i am gonna get mass effect legendary edition Ooh, wow that was <laughs> Previously talked about how I didn't want to go back to it because going back to games I loved in like late elementary school, high school, I often don't love them as the man I am now. But I think I'm going to get it and I want to like maybe start it with my girlfriend Tori. And if she's like, oh, this is cool, we'll play through all of them. But if she's like, nah, this sucks, I think I'm just going to play the first one again because that's the one that's getting the majority of the work as was revealed more details this past week. Uh, Mass Effect 1 uh, Combat is getting... A huge overhaul. This is from the PlayStation blog. Accuracy, ADS, rebalance abilities, and more. If people remember that all the bionic, bionic, bio, the like, the magic stuff that wasn't magic you could do in Mass Effect One was just broken. Like it was extremely overpowered. Oh really? Um, additional changes to encounters and enemies. The Mako is now smoother, faster shield, speed boost. The Mako's divisive. A lot of people really like. The OG Mako, because, you know, people like old bad things a lot. It's nostalgic. But I would argue it's a huge hindrance for getting other people into it, so I'm glad they're retuning it. To keep everyone happy, they could do, like, a play, like, tank controls or whatever. Play the shitty bad Mako, and <laughs> maybe you'd solve it there. But I don't know. I like a new Mako. Um, there's a huge laundry list of bullet points on this PlayStation blog, so if you need more convincing, you can head over there check that out. Uh, but I'm sold. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. I love mm-hmm. Mass Effect, Steve. Of mm-hmm. course, the Canadian angle here, Bioware, Edmonton. You know, you know, you know, real ones. Yeah, I um, I'm still on the fence because mm-hmm. I have the EA access, right? And it's, com- it's coming to that. I assume so. Like Star Wars, the Star Wars uh, Jedi Academy, or no, what the hell is it? Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Um, came to it like a year later. Star Wars Squadrons just hit it, and it came like six months later, or something like that. I feel like I could wait. I'm just wondering, like, do I wait it out or just wait for the next sale? Because you also get, like, 10% extra because I want you to get that NHL DLC and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. what Because it's this month, isn't it, Mass Effect? May, isn't it? Uh, Is there a release date on this PlayStation oh, bug? May, four, May 14th. May 14th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I got some time. You got I got time. some time to actually. Also, didn't Fall in Order come to EA Play, like, six or eight months later? Like, it, you would have to wait a while if you wanted to play it through there, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. And even if, like, because, like, I could also, it will be, I'm guessing it's a full price game. I can also yeah. just wait, like, three months. I don't know. It it depends. Because now I'm in, like, save for house, like, move in house mm. stuff mode. I don't know if I need to replay old games. Uh, you know what? Buy, maybe, buy I, wanted, I wanted to burn all my vacation days. So maybe I'll, I'll do that. I don't know. Mm. We'll see. Mm. 
Another Canadian classic coming back. Age of Empires, Code of Alto Relic in Vancouver. Age of Empires 4, hotly anticipated. They did a huge dump. They called it the fan preview of information. I'm not a huge Age of Empires fan, so a lot of this doesn't mean a lot to me. There's a new Civ, which is the U.S. Uh, the Chinese is a new Civ. Um, they did a cool behind-the-scenes video at their studio. Like the U.S. and China are new, like, new people in Age yeah, of well, Empires? Well, Age of Empires was usually like Greek and Rome, and like it was very like middle middle millennium. Oh, was like, it? I, nice I didn't. And... Age of Empires two was huge when I was in high school, and I had a lot of <laughs> friends who played it, so I dabbled in it, but I was never really into it. So, if the civilization at no point had like castles, well, I guess China did, so maybe that's a weird one. But yeah, the U.S. not being in it makes sense because they were never there. But uh, yeah, the the big ones to pull out of this uh, are they're having a beta. Um, you can go. Uh, you have to sign up to be an Age of Empires Insider, which is like the first email thing on their site, ageofempires.com. Uh, they're also giving away a Dell lap or big desktop thing to play Age of Empires on with a copy oh, of the game. Wait, United States are being added to Age of Empires 3. Oh, I'm reading this uh I'm reading this <laughs> this table of contents wrong. There's like a four, three, yeah. or two in front of everything. So four is getting new the Delhi, Delhi Sultanate, the Norman campaign, there's behind the scenes stuff, uh, the, and the Chinese, and then mm-hmm. two is getting expansion, three mm-hmm. is getting the, the United States. Gotcha. Yeah, I read this whole thing wrong. Sorry, fans. But then That's there, is like a, there is like a gameplay and exclusive look on this site too, so maybe that's yeah. what we'll add to this site. But anyways, there was a bunch of Age of Empires nerd shit for you nerds out there. Yeah. Go or, Vancouver. Are all the Age Vampire, like, are is 3 and 2 also made in Canada, or is it just the new one? I believe the definitive editions were re- Relic. So the definitive edition of 1 and 2 are Relic, but I I think the originals were Microsoft in Seattle or wherever they are. Oh, and these will be Game Pass games too, won't they? Oh, absolutely, because oh, they own sick. Age Vampires, yeah. So, yeah. Uh Two more bits of news, Steve. Uh, Certain Affinity with studios in Toronto has hired a new president of uh, Canadian operations, Halo veteran Dan Oyub, who I've never heard of before, but they worked on Halo, so they're a big name, obviously. Um, Certain Affinity, who were we talking about in the Discord the other week? They were talking about different studios to work at. I think Certain Affinity, like, they were like, has the Canadian studio, like, released a game yet, or have they still been working on things? No, uh, we were talking about that because they won the. Um... They won the uh, Studio of the Year at the Canadian uh, Awards, yes. which we'll Spoiler talk about. for the last news today. Yeah, but so, but so I don't think so because looking at Certain Affinity's Wikipedia page, they the last releases according to their Wikipedia page was 2016 for Doom and Call of Duty Modern War- Warfare Remastered. So that was mm-hmm. before the Toronto Studio opened up, and then in 2021 they are helping out with Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I don't. I think it's still kind of unknown what the Toronto studio is doing. If they're doing that Halo Infinite, or they do have this last Expedition game and Transformers Online, that's t- like that doesn't have a release date yet. So mm-hmm. um, maybe we should reach out to them and just find out what the tr- Toronto studio does. But anyways, looks like they're yeah. getting some big uh, big names though. So big names. Good. Quote from Game Gama Sutra: uh, He joins the company at a time of rapid expansion, with the Texas-based developer recently passing 250 full-time employees across its Austin and Toronto studios. Big studio, Steve. Mm-hmm. And last bit of news today: the Canadian Game Awards uh, happened this past 
week after being delayed from last year due to a whole clusterfuck of things. They had like that other Twitter account that was kind of spamming people. They had the Ubisoft Montreal nominated for Canadian Game Studio of the Year when that was the year of all the sexual assault allegations. And then they were like, we don't want to get nominated for this. Because even they were like, like you, you had to not pay attention to video games last year to not know about the Ubisoft stuff, which I think speaks to a bit of, you know, lack of touchness, mm-hmm. a bit of, a presentness of out of touchness, we'll say. Mm-hmm. So they're back this year. They had the stream, some hosts sponsored by a couple big um, esports TV things and Lotto Quebec. <laughs> and yeah. We can run not, through these. Not I don't affiliated know about, with us, by the way. Not affiliated no. with us. Because we even got though, tags in some of the posts. Even though we got tags and like a bunch of new followers, because people were, devs were excited. Like, hey, Hard Space Shipbreaker won best design. Thank you at Canada Game Devs. And, we, and you replied like, not us, but congrats. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they uh, they made some choices that I wouldn't have made if I was a juror on this. Unlike our own Game of the Year awards, which are uh, fan voted. Fan-voted. This was a jury um best art direction spirit fair sure best game design hard space shipbreaker sure best performance assassin's creed valhalla best narrative assassin's creed valhalla uh best score soundtrack spirit fair best audio design squadrons i will give you that one i played that with headphones on that was awesome yeah um spirit fair i would give to for best art and stuff like that and was performance maybe it was assassin's creed i don't know there's not like really there's much performance I, I, we didn't play any ubisoft games so there's not like there's really any per- other performance in trip and triple a and canadian games like it's usually a triple a thing right so mm-hmm. yeah a bunch of uh content creators and streamers and esports stuff that you and i have absolutely no idea about um no. so congrats to them best pc game valhalla best console game valhalla uh, best mobile game a full depart, Steve. There we go. Yeah, buddy. What were the what were the nominees for that one? Archer that. Danger Phone, which I think is a tie-in for the TV show. Marvel Realm of Champions, Shop yeah. Titans, and Winding Worlds, developed by Co-op Mode in Montreal. Another good oh, nomination. Yeah, yeah. That was a uh, arcade one too, as well. Sure. It was. I liked it. I played it. I don't know if I ever talked about it on the show, but it's good. Uh, best indie Spirit Fair, best debut indie Journey to Savage Planet, Rip Stadia. Uh, best VR, AR, Squadrons, Fan Choice Award, Hard Space Shipbreaker. Their community is exceptional. Studio of the Year, Certain Affinity, and Game of the Year, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So, yeah, obviously I disagree with giving Ubisoft any sort of credit for things last year in spite of everything that happened. So, you know, we didn't put it in our nomination, and I take issue with giving a whole bunch of credit to a studio that is just apparently a mess on the inside of... 25 plus percent of the devs don't feel comfortable or respected at work. So something's wrong there. And that's a bit of a conversation shift that I can start to see happening. Like people who buy and play and read about games starting to think about the people who make those games, which I think is a, is a big 30 year ETH like community slowly shifting in a direction, I think for the better. Um, but yeah, Shipbreaker. Congrats Have you played, um, have you played Journey to the Savage Planet? I haven't. It was because uh... it won Best Debut Indie, and, and nominated was Fold Apart, Blood Roots, Iconfell, and Undermine. And I've played Fold Apart, Blood Roots, and Undermine, and and did mm. all three of those games. Iconfell is on the list. I want to play it on Game Pass. On Game Pass, Journey to Savage Planet. I keep seeing. it. I feel like it's won a few awards, so I kind of. I watched a couple of reviews. It's like a first-person uh, single-player uh, 
kind of one of those like outer worlds or early fallout games like jokey late stage capitalism sci-fi things where like you're you're a company man and you're going out to do all these things for the it's kind of like uh wait it makes fun of capitalism too and so does oh wait no i'm confused what's uh what was the rpg fallout the space game outer wild worlds worlds because there's I feel like I mix up all three of these games, like Outer Worlds, Outer mm-hmm. Wilds, and then Journey to the Savage Planet. In my head, is mm-hmm. all just Outer Worlds. <laughs> yeah, Journey to the Savage Planet developed at that Quebec studio, um, and then they got or no, I don't know if they were owned by Google or just Stadia had exclusivity stuff. But then when Stadia shut down, they got locked out of the developer account, and there's a whole comical but shrug your head, shrug. No, you shrug your shoulders at the situation. And uh, yeah, so that was a bit of a mess. But yeah, I haven't played Journey to Savage Plan either. I might uh, want to just kind of do a little bit of a, a dive here to see. Is it on Game Pass? I'm just going to keep going. But anyways, the debut games look really interesting to me. I would say out of the five games that were nominated for the game of the year, like Assassin's Creed, Shipbreaker, Spiritfarer, Star Wars, Watch Dogs, even having not played Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs, which just gave me an idea, I would still give it to Spiritfarer which mm-hmm. won our fan voting because, and we didn't play it until after that fan voting, but that game is like really, really cool. So, I mean, congrats to all the winners and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, if anything, this has made me look into journey to the savage planet. Cause now I kind of want to, I feel like it's won enough awards that I'm like, okay, maybe I should, maybe I should look into this one. Mm-hmm. And that's it for the news. Wish list this, Steve, everyone's favorite <laughs> segment where we pick three upcoming Canadian made games. You got to add to your wish list right now. First up, is Last Soul by Well Unlimited in Calgary, Alberta. Quote, Shoot them all. Jump, climb, use jetpack, shields, and platforms, slow time, and discover secrets in this heroic sci-fi adventure where you become the last hope for mankind in the shape of an awesome robot. Uh, it looks like it's another 2D action platformer. Uh, very cute little robot. Kind of like Eve from Wally Eyes. Uh, yeah, the robot's playing. super cute. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I dig. I dig. A, I dig a good platformer. The robot goes into super slow motion when they're when they're shooting in the air. Yeah, or at like least they are in this cool. trailer I'm watching. Planned release date spring 2022. I, I don't know what I'm doing next month, much less a spring a year from now. But good on them. That seems to be a, a plan at least. Yeah. Uh, they have a free demo, the Steam the Last Soul Prologue, which is up now on Steam, so you can check that out. It's a separate store page. Uh, what do you think, Steve? It's got gifts too. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the amazing Pixar graphic and immersive music style mixed between Tron Legacy and Star Wars, which I think is uh, pretty good. I don't know. I think we're going to download the demo. This is looking pretty sweet. I do like the character design. Um, I think, I guess we're just seeing the one kind of spaceship level. So maybe, because to me, I'm looking at this, I'm like, this looks really solid for something that's still a year away. Mm-hmm. But I guess maybe the level is all just the spaceship. And so they just got to add some. Well, some meat to this, mm-hmm. even though the everything looks pretty good, but this looks pretty sweet. Looks pretty sweet. KingGameNevs.com. Put it on the box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next game today on Wish List This. Steve. I stretched it out because I have to write down the timestamp. That's right. And then I put a dollar sign instead of a two. Nope, a four. Anyway. <laughs> Um, we got Steven, so Steven's a little upset because we lost his audacity of plow. So he's a little, he's a little. Upset. I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm upset. Uh, Operation Harsh Harsh Doorstop. That's a great name. Uh, this is a, a game with devs all over, including Arvin and LD Murphy in Montreal. 
uh, Quebec, not any other Montreal as you might know. You can wishlist it on Steam. It's releasing soon. Quote, Operation Harsh Doorstep is a free community-developed tactical shooter developed by the studio Darkling Labs in partnership with Microprose Software built in the OHD core framework for Unreal Engine 4. It's a very technical description. (laughs) But maybe that's what people are looking for. I don't know. Uh, It's got tags, action, free-to-play, casual. This doesn't look too casual to me. Maybe it is. Maybe that's an incorrect tag there. But uh, it's coming to early access soon, allegedly. Operation... Got some gifts in the Steam description here. I do like that. I go pro software then. So I think. Hold on. Let me just do a quick. He's looking. Additional operations will be released in future updates, including operations during World War II, the Gulf War, and new fictional conflicts occurring in the past, modern, and future settings. The first versions of Operation Harsh Doorstop will cover basic infantry combat with dynamic objectives and encourage teamwork and coordination. Future versions will include new factions, weapons, vehicles, mod support, and increasingly brutally realistic gameplay. What do you think, Steve? Uh, doesn't sound too casual, but it does look pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. A free-to-play modern shooter. I'm down. Um, when it's early access... I like it. Okay. I thought it deployed Eastern, yeah, Eastern Afghanistan into a fictionalized conflict between... Soviet and NATO forces during the summer of 1991. It's weird that they picked like a real war, but not a, but not a real battle, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, and including operations during World War II. Oh, so they're kind of going all over the the timeline here mm-hmm. of wars. That's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I dig this. This is good. Steve, I didn't even do the thing last time. That's why I was so mad. At, I just forgot. But is last oh. soul. <laughs> Our last soul in Operation Harsh Doorstep uh, from two Canadian studios slash devs in Canada on your Steam wish list. Yes, they both are. Okay, I'm, that was that was a first for this podcast. Are you? I'm you're saying. you're really upset, man. No, I get I, it. You lose I, audacity. We didn't realize if we had no, we lost like twenty minutes. So it's just like, oh fuck, what do we do? We, we both have on. something to do. I have to do. I'm, I'm got a call to do in thirty minutes, but oh, yeah. Well. That's fine. Don't worry. I'm sorry, patrons. We let you down. The audio quality. The audio quality will suffer this week. I think it'll be okay. Okay. There's like 120 episodes of just the one track that I did over Skype, so (laughs) OGs will understand. OG. This is a throwback track. That's what this is. Yeah. Last game today on Wishlist this, Steve. Spaceboat, episode one by Recombobulator Games in Montreal, Quebec. It's releasing when the pizzas are ready. Quote, Spaceboat is a humorous investigative narrative game set on an intergalactic cruise ship inhabited by various carpet-based life forms. I don't know what any of that means, but I'm intrigued by all of it. Uh, mm. This studio had a really tough 2020. Their whole studio was flooded. They had to salvage a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I don't know if that factored into the episodic model or not, um, but they, they had a really tough go of it last year and uh, are now coming out with it, which is... You know what? Respect the hustle and the the stick to Um GIF in the Steam description. Something really weird is going on. I think it's the cruise ship, like entering hyperspace. But uh, yeah, it's not a lot on this page yet, but that's okay. The pizzas aren't ready yet. Steve, what do you think of Spaceboat? I love the colors. I love the designs of the aliens. I think they're kooky and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we've been DMing the the like developer, and we just kind of send SpongeBob memes back and forth. So like, I like the the style of these mm-hmm. of these people i didn't know about the flooding that's terrible so mm-hmm. hopefully um that's all kind of 
okay. But yeah, the characters are sweet. Like I'm looking at like a killer whale wearing a this like leather like tux thing. Um, I'm, no, I'm oh yeah, I can't wait for the killer whale. Yeah, or I don't know, some whale. I'm not I thought it was an one. orca, but orcas and killer whales are synonyms. I think. Are they? I think. I know nothing about. Uh, any whale can be a killer. Oh, and you can kind of see in the top right that this game takes place on August 8th, 2984. So. Oh, we got time. Yeah. Is that <laughs> when the pizza's going to be ready? Oh, I hope not. Uh, Steve, I got to ask, is Space Boat Episode 1 on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. On his wish list, and that's it for this segment of wish list. This, if you want us to talk about your game on the pod, get in front of us, get in our Discord, tweet at us. Uh, well, uh, Steve put out a tweet today asking for more, so I got a few to add to the list mm-hmm. for future episodes of a higher quality audio. But if you still <laughs> want to get us yours, we want to talk about it. I'm going to forego Discord discussion this week. We talked a bit about Outriders, <laughs> and we talked a bit about the game award, Canadian Game Awards. But um, nothing jumped to my mind. We're, we we should start noting. We got to yeah. We start tracking it. We we do have some good conversations, but then it just kind of gets lost in the the shuffle and stuff like that. Plus, like, sometimes I'm busy and I'm not in it, and sometimes you're busy and you're not in it, so it's just, mm-hmm. like, if I don't remember, like, you weren't even part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, damn. So we just got tweeted out a game uh, that uh, for wishlist list that looks sweet. Actually, I'm going to just retweet it, but we'll save it for another podcast, but anyways. But anyways. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll just move on to what we've been playing, because that took all the window to my sales, Steve, losing that audio. I, I, can, I, I can hear it in your oh, voice. I can, I'm so I can sad. hear the defeated in your voice. It's like Steve. I'm I'm harking back to like when we would play Apex Legends and we would make it all the way to the end and then lose in the last battle. Mm-hmm. I could hear it in your voice. We were just like, <sighs> you know what it was, Steve? Like I went to get groceries today because. Um, my, my uncle and I like to call and cook, and tonight we're making shepherd's pie, so that's going to be fun. Oh, that'll nice. that'll pick me up. Yeah, yeah. But I got the worst cart ever where, like, the right front wheel, there was, like, a huge bump on it. So mm. every rotation just shot my whole cart up into the air. And I kind of only realized, like, partway through produce, and I looked back, and, like, all the arrows were pointing towards me. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to go all the way back. So I just did the rest of my grocery shopping with this obscenely horrific bouncing cart and the grocery store next to me is under construction so like everything wasn't where it's supposed to be and i couldn't find anything and i was like i gotta get back and record this podcast i'm gonna end up losing the good quality audio for anyway so that's the headspace (laughs) i'm in right now that's fair i remember one of the reasons why i would like to go to whole foods even though it's like stupidly expensive is Mm because all their carts are like top notch they got the Mm -hmm. amazon money to make the carts like really good um, but then I would have to pay like twenty dollars for meat. That would cost me like seven dollars at Walmart. So I would wouldn't go oh, there I that bought, often. I bought enjoy tonight ground beef, Steve. Don't Ooh. worry about my financials right now. One time Heather and I went to Whole Foods because we were just like, you know what? Let's try to do a grocery run, like our normal grocery run at Whole Foods, just to see like how much it would cost. Because it always did taste better and stuff. Like when you pay more, like like it would taste better like we mm-hmm. we even did like a ground beef test of like walmart ground beef and whole foods ground beef and like we we both were able to guess it um and all that and so like we we liked whole foods but we ended up on our normal grocery run which was at the time like 90 to 100 dollars or so we mm-hmm. dropped like 250 and we're like ah we can't do this no. <laughs> that often so we would just go there for some some other things like stuff on sale bread things like that but anyways mm-hmm. That's all I gotta say about shopping carts. Shopping carts were good shit, though. I played a new game, Steve. It's been a while. Ooh. I was at EB Games yesterday because I had to uh, go to the bank and get 
a new visa because my other one. I was also the victim of credit card the past, fraud the past week, and that was. Oh weird. no! Do you know where? Do you know why? Like where no, it was some sort of online scam where they make it look like a streaming service. And I check my bill every month, and I was like, "What is CVS streaming? I don't have that." I was like, "Tori, do you have CVS streaming?" She was like, "No." So I called CVS, and they're like, "We don't have a record. Let's go to your bank." And I went to the bank, and like, "Oh yeah, they." They get your information somehow, and then they may try to make it look like a streaming service, and then like maybe they'll slowly increase it every month, or maybe just try to take like five thousand out one month, so they just canceled it. Oh shit! Yeah, good call. But while I was at the mall, I walked into EB Games and found Mafia Definitive Edition for like twenty oh. bucks sealed, and I really like Mafia Three, and I never played any of the other ones, so I got Mafia One, popped into the Xbox, and I uh, played a bunch of it the past couple days this <laughs> weekend, and I really dig it, Steve. I am a big sucker for those classic Scorsese Italian mafia gangster stories. Mm-hmm. Um, this game is that if you want anything non-cliche, non-done a million times, Mafia 1 is not that. You play Tommy Angelo, just a basic cabbie <laughs> who one day a couple guys come around the corner, they're getting chased. They say, hey, driver, put the foot on it. And you, you escape with them, and that's how you get into the family. And <sighs> Everyone's name is like Polly or Sally or Vinny and Tony. it's it yeah it's yeah there's a Tony there's all of that the the bartender's name is Luigi I'm like come on so if you want that kind of like dumb cliche and it's also that that mid two thousands open world GTA clone game design of like bunch of cool it's it's a period piece too so it's nineteen thirties Chicago but it's not called Chicago. Um, and so all the cars are super old and like all the old ads everywhere. It's like I really love that vibe and they do a really good job building the atmosphere. Um, and I, I'm, I'm having a great time. I'm trying to play on the hardest difficulty, which was honestly like I die like maybe once or twice a level. But there's this one level where you're doing a race, like the, the race car your boss bet on, the guy is broke his arm. So you have to do the race and for some reason you have to come first because of course you do this was like the most difficult thing a game's asked me to do in like maybe my whole life because it took me like three <laughs> hours i think like two hours last night one hour this morning just trying to win this race because the the carts are like 1930s race cars so they just handle like poop uh and i just couldn't figure it out and i think there's some rng to it because sometimes like every race started i held the right trigger and because it's a straight shot from the start and sometimes i would get to fourth just like that and then sometimes i would stay 16 out of 16 the whole time so i think mm. there was some randomness to it it just didn't feel good but that was one of like the worst design levels i ever played in my life that reminds um, me of uh when i played like the marvel lego game marvel heroes or something like the one that launched on ps4 mm-hmm. and uh i i Tried. To, I was going to platinum in, and then one of the things you had to do was this, like, on the carrier thing, the health care, whatever they call it, like, the shield carrier, mm-hmm. there was, like, an air kind of go-kart thing that you had to do and collect, like, gems and shit all on it, and you need to do that for the platinum, and I tried it for, like, <clears throat> 45 minutes or so, and it just controlled, like, absolute shit, and, uh, and I was like, I'm not worth it, and I, no. I bounced from the yeah. game. Uh, this was not platinum related. This was just like a story mission I had to beat. So I was like, "Shit!" And I, my friend Chris came over last night. And he, like, he was like, "I can't, I can't do this. This is, this is terrible." And we all yeah. just passed the controller around. And we we're like, "This is just a terribly designed level." So, I also probably something to do with the difficulty too. Cause, but like the the balance, the the jump in difficulty was so much. Like, it's a standard cover based third person shooter. And I get through pretty much every level dying once or twice, like I said. And then this one level just took three hours for some reason. That just really stuck out to me. But I love everything else about it. I love riding around, listening to Swing, and my classic 
I don't know car brands, but yeah, it's it's a good time. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I thought Leave I the gun, picking that take up. The like, it's good. You got the first definite edition, like one. So it's two? weird. They they sell the trilogy as a all three definitive editions for eighty, but it's a download code, not a box. They sell the first one boxed, and the second one's coming out boxed, but it's out digitally. It's a. I don't really understand how they did it, but yeah, yeah. I just got the first one because it was normally. 50 or 60 bucks and i got it for 20 sealed and 20 is what i normally just buy a, a game on marketplace for like if i want to get it yeah so, yeah, yeah i'm the same way I, I uh i've only played three really dug three and i've been i've been eyeing these ones so they're good the, it's got a high platinum uh, uh percentage on psn profiles too so there you go i will shame you if you don't get it that's fair i'm playing on xbox so i'm gonna be 100 uh oh that's pretty much like I haven't played a whole lot the past month or two just been working on sentience so my yeah. steam accounts at like 150 hours or something because now that it's live we just play test through there we have like a steam has a really good like beta version and then you just make the beta version live but it still tracks the time on your steam account oh nice and you're like listed as a developer on it too right because you tried to review it <laughs> so I'm not and... listed as a developer but I can't like do any of the community stuff mm. mm-hmm I should say you tried to review it by saying you're the developer, and it's like it's mm-hmm. really good. So I, I didn't mean to like. Yeah, my, review, my review started. Hey, I worked in this game. I think it's okay for the price, and <laughs> hoping to make it better. The pr- right. the price is free, so that was the joke. But uh, what are you been playing, Steve? Uh, so I've been playing Outriders, and yeah, I've only made. So Sophia's just going through a hell of a time sleeping. She's going through the eighteen month sleep regression, which has just been such a bitch. So I haven't really had a chance to play that much either, but I, I did dabble into Outriders. I'm enjoying it. It's sort of like my podcast game. It's just like a I'm not like I enjoyed the story and then like and then I just stopped caring. I was like, this is a cool premise, and then I just stopped caring. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's like gear it's like a Gears of War online service RPG thing. And uh I think I think the combat's pretty cool and and stuff. And and we were talking about this in the Discord, like where I've had like no issues because I just I've only played it like three times and just happens those three times like I was able to match make with my friend and we played and then I just haven't noticed any bugs or anything like that. But I guess like I was on the subreddit and it was just having a really terrible time in terms of connectivity at launch. Probably because of the Game Pass people. Like <laughs> um and I saw that on subreddit and and their community with like manager like Twitter stuff was like pretty top notch. Like they were like tweeting about it quite often they're making jokes about it and stuff too and and all this and it, it was like really really good and then i thought it was like fine and then i guess they patched and nerfed a bunch of stuff and then the subreddit just fucking flipped like 180 <laughs> like they hate the game and i was like all right i'm going to stop following this now yeah um it's just going to be like the game i kind of dabble in and and whatnot which is it's it's also like it's game pass if i bought it like 70 dollars or whatever i might feel differently but considering it was just a game pass game like it's like a fun game. I don't know. Um, I did replay Resident Evil 7 and beat that. I fucking flew through that game because I was just enjoying it so much. Like it was the first time I played it since it like that first week, and I forgot like how great it was. Um, so I beat that ahead of Resident Evil Village slash eight or whatever. I don't know if it's officially eight, but Resident Evil Village. Um, but Resident Evil Seven is like oh, the game is really really good. Um, and then I went to like go play Resident Evil Six, and I this is like the tenth time I've tried playing that game, and I was like, I can't do this. This game is so shit. Like it's just, it's awful. Um, but Canadian wise, I did play Blood Roots finally. Ooh, download, download Montreal it. Paper Cut or Cult 
paper something yeah mm-hmm. um and yeah it's it's like a one hit kill both the enemy and you um adventure game it's I've, i haven't played too much maybe like a half hour 40 minutes or so um but everything's kind of a weapon you know it's one of those like where there's a carrot and you can like hit them with carrot and because everything's <laughs> one hit kill like basically the carrot you can use once and like an axe you can use three times sort of stuff like that and it's very uh you die and then just sort of start at the very start of like that like scene or whatever um and i think it's meant to be kind of like a similar to um oh what was that vita game that was in last of us the person was playing Hollow miami hotline miami so it's sim- it, it feels like hotline miami where it's just like you're kind of it's it's very smooth and so like the game is really cool when you just like manage to like kill everyone in one smooth um motion and then you get like a little cinema at the end and then the like your score goes up and stuff like that um and it's really fun and uh the one thing though is like platforming in it the camera is like a top-down sort of like a diablo looking thing and platforming is just like such a bitch like i can't really gauge that well where my character is going to go and there's sometimes there's like there's like places where you need like a particular weapon to um traverse so like the sword there's a sword that will just shoot you forward and so there's parts where you have to like jump and then attack with the sword so you get shot forward Mm -hmm. and i just find that like i'm dying falling into pits like more than i feel like i should be because the camera is just sort of like messing me up a little bit um but other than that, it's like really, really good. Like I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So, um, and it's not like roguelite and it's not an RPG or whatever. It's just very simple, like just an action, like just one hit, one kill. Like there's nothing, there's not skills or anything like that. I think it looks like you kind of do get um, these, these like hats. Like I killed the bear and I got the bear hat that give you like some perks, but it's not like I'm level five or anything like that. It's not like I'm a metroidvania where i'm going back to old levels and have to like traverse or whatever it's just like a straightforward like action game and it's pretty mm-hmm. sweet out of everything that's been happening too like in terms of rpgs and and um and uh roguelites and stuff like that like it's it's kind of refreshing to just play like a straight up just like no just go in you get one shot just kill and uh it's pretty sweet well you know me steve i'm a fan of the uh straight up i think you would like it bloodroots i should check it out yeah. So that's it for what we've been playing, and that's it for this half botched episode of the Canadian Ups.com cool. podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to help us keep the site running, covering the Canadian Game Devs scene, uh, you can support us over on patreon.com slash devs. Back us uh, at any level to get early access to the show, as well as game key giveaways, Discord perks, uh, discounts for Canadian gaming events. And at the $5 credited patron tier, we will plug you at the end of every episode, like these lovely patrons. Thank you so much, Aaron McLeod, Canuck Play David Winter, David Nagy, Eric Beer, Elizabeth Avery, Hanel. Oh, wait, Mom's credit card didn't work, so I'm going to take that out. Hanel, Gene Leggett, <laughs> Jeff Shevstone, Jeffrey Canham, Graph Metal, Kai Hutchins, Nicholas A. Zorko, Nav from the Academy of Games, Pixelnauts underscore Alex, Sean Hayden, and Stacey H. Thank you so much, patrons, for your support. And all our listeners, if you can drop us a review on Apple Podcasts, please do, or the podcast service you choose. Uh, if you're not, we'd love to take your feedback, good and bad, so send it to contact at CanadianGameDevs.com. That's it for me. That's it from Steve. Unless you want to pick any sports that are you're going to go wrong this week, Steve. Uh, I don't want to go wrong. 
over home. No, I mean, there's <laughs> nothing. The, the Leafs are killing it. The Raptors are sort of failing at tanking, and the Blue Jays mm-hmm. have just started their season. So nothing really to, to, to predict, I think. I don't know. The Masters yeah. is today. I think there's a, a, a Japanese player who's pretty pretty close to winning, and it would be the first um, maybe Asian or maybe just Japanese uh, person to win the Masters. I don't know. I'm pretty hype. The other game I'm denying name made is the PGA Tour um, game, but I think I'm going to wait because there's no PS official PS5 one. So I feel like now at this point I'm like I might as well just wait for the the next ones because that one's yeah they got that two K money yeah they got the two K money so I, I'm sure the next one's going to have a bunch of microtransactions and shit. Uh, but I've been feeling like a golf game I haven't played in a long time, and I look at that one they got it on sale and stuff, and I'm just like ah maybe I'll just wait for the PS5 game. Just similar to like with MLB the Show, like mm-hmm. we got MLB. 2019 for ps plus i think but i'm like ah, i'll just now it's on game like i'll just play the game pass one mm-hmm. so yeah shout out to uh, my friend heather it's working on uh the next 2k golf game out here on the east coast um hb studios recently acquired studios, by 2k yeah yeah anyway that's it for us at candy game devs on twitter steve and i are in the bio and until next time goodbye. bye Holla, we want Prina, we want Prina, yeah. <laughs> need to have, because when she leave your ass, oh, she going to leave with half. Uh, his 18th birthday, if I was it even his?